Welcome to the Cup of Nurses Podcast. Welcome, guys, to the Cup of Nurses Podcast with your hosts, Matt Slarchik and Peter Fendero. This is a podcast where we tackle hot nursing topics and current health news one conversation at a time. Yes, we do, Matthew. How you doing today? Episode 26, PD. I'm doing good. Get warmer outside. It was cold yesterday. Was it cold yesterday? Yeah, it was pretty chilly yesterday. It's getting colder, guys. It kind of sucks. I hate winter, but I'll appreciate it for what it does. Do you know when the official, the first day of fall is? No. Neither. Things I don't know, huh? Yeah. Usually when September hits, I consider it already fall because it's Chicago. Cold as fuck. And don't forget your vitamin D. Take that supplement, guys, especially if you work night shift and it gets depleted if you don't, you know, stay on the sunny side of where you live. Um, but thank you guys for joining us today. Whoever subscribes and uh, follows us, thank you. Keep on doing that. Keep on giving us those five stars and subscribing. Yep, thank you, guys. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about meal prepping. Yes, it is possible to eat healthy as a nurse, no matter what shift you're doing. And we're also going to talk about something called sleep shift disorder. That probably me and you both have. Probably. So the shift work disorder, it's um, basically you have something called the circadian rhythm. And it's something that's in the background that's always happening. And it releases specific chemicals that kind of gives us different phases of being alert and then being sleepy. Um, usually those phases, um, when I experience them, I they happen like at 2 a.m. till 4. And then sometimes... I don't think they happen after lunch, but those people sometimes that like have that noon meal, right? They kind of crash a little bit too from like 1 p.m. to like 3 p.m. Yeah. So our circadian rhythm is like a 24-hour biological clock that our basically body works under. So it's usually referred to as like their, your sleep-wake cycle. And like Matt said, you've, that's why you feel kind of tired after lunch between 1 and 3 and then between 2 and 4 in, in the morning. Um, it's actually works in a part of the hypothalamus. That's what controls your circadian rhythm and a lot of times or actually all the time it's based on sunlight so the light and, and darkness that's what influences your hypothalamus to make you tired and specifically the lack of, of light basically makes your hypothalamus react in such a way where your body creates melatonin and that's why you feel more tired at night. Your body kind of preps you for, for sleeping. I wonder if our eyes have to something to do with it, where whatever the kind of whatever the reality takes in that we take in through the eye, it kind of uh, dictates how the hypothalamus acts. Because we somehow know that it's dark out and working a night shift, even though like we see like you know the lights are on, somehow we still get tired and we still have that fatigue. I wonder how that works. Well, the work is such a way because. As human beings, we are programmed to be active during the day, so that's kind of already embedded in our in our genes. And you're completely correct in saying that our eyes have something to do with it because they're the ones that that sense lightness and darkness. So we're already pre-programmed to stay awake during the day, and you know, be asleep at night. And we're like a night shift; it's like flip schedule. It's the exact opposite, and our body never fully adjusts to it, just because when you come home, it's daylight, so your body thinks it's time to you know, awake and arise. And even though there's lights on in the hospital, it's still technically nighttime and it is still dark. You're not getting any sunlight in the hospital because it's dark. Even though you're getting light, it's artificial light. Your body doesn't sense that as much as it does like natural sunlight. So even though the lights are on at work and it's bright, your body is still producing somewhat of melatonin. Probably no, not, not as strong as, as it would normally for a normal human being that works a normal nine to five and being asleep, sleep at night, but you still do produce melatonin. And sometimes people take that as a sleep substitute in order to increase their, like, their... I wonder if 
if we could take, um, for example, melatonin in order to reset our schedule if we were to go like on day shift, for example? So with that, I guess you could reset it. But like, first of all, you work a night shift, you're already having that abnormal circadian rhythm. So you're kind of basically reprogramming yourself to being back normal. Yeah. So your question was... Like, what was your question to? Like, let's just say if you switch shifts, should you start taking a little bit of melatonin in order to let your body know that, hey, it's time to go to sleep to kind of get used to it instead of, you know, it's 12 a.m., 11 p.m. and you're like cranking out, you know, right. your shift. You can, and it doesn't work for some people, but I have a few coworkers that try to take melatonin and it doesn't really do anything for them. And that's basically due to, even though you're trying to go to sleep, even though you take the melatonin, the fact that if you don't, sleep in a completely dark room like there's still stuff like going through two curtains and just that touching your body your body kind of realizes it that hey you know it's 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 you know it's, it's I, daytime. I've, I've heard about you know? that like even your skin has technically sensors right. that are activating this um right. circadian rhythm right and guess what if your sleep gets interrupted while they're sleeping during the day and you wake up and you see the light and that kind of triggers your body to like be more more awake okay so the exact definition of the shift work disorder, it's um, it's a circadian rhythm sleep disorder characterized characterized by insomnia and excessive sleepiness affecting those people that have overlapping like um, sleep schedules. And I believe it affects 10% of night shift workers. Yeah, 10% of night shift workers. And especially that, it's even worse if you do rotating shifts. Because you could kind of get accustomed to work a night shift if you always do night shift. But if you're... Uh, like a firefighter or a police officer that does rotating shifts where, you know, you're one month, you're doing nights, one month, you're doing days. That's even worse. That's even yeah. makes a bigger toll on your body. So that completely messes up cycle compared to us just working like three nights or whatever the case yeah. might be. Okay. Because at least we get adjusted for those three nights or, you know, even even though we normally work three nights a, a week, we've been doing it for years or, or for months. So our body kind of adjusts to it compared to, you know, going back and forth every yeah. other month. And the most common um, symptoms that occur with this uh, shift disorder is you sleep, you get six hours of sleep, but you still feel tired. Like you feel like like you're not getting full enough sleep, but you are sleeping a good amount of hours. That's, that's you know, that's that sucks because you wake up groggy, even though you slept the full time, you, you're still tired. And that makes you sleep in more, like instead of waking up after six, you now sleep for eight or nine or, or 10. Another one is difficulty concentrating and then lack of energy irritability and depression and that's all associated to like your lack of sleep right lack of sleep yeah and it's interesting because you know we both work night shift and i could see that firsthand and i understand why people struggle with getting a routine or why they feel unhealthy because working night shift takes a toll like it's it's studied that working and having this lifestyle the opposite sleep schedules it changes your metabolism right i think night shift workers are more prone to have increased um, triglycerides level compared to day workers and it just causes a lot of metabolic problems on top of probably snacking wrong during your shift and all that. Yeah, it's true. People that do night shift or rotating shift, they're more prone to certain type of cancers, more prone to cardiac disease. And a lot of digestive issues also are are being um, developed, like peptic ulcers, gastric ulcers, things like that, like irritable bowel, things that develop because just because your body is, is out of whack. And so for some of us, it's easier to adapt to it than others. So if... You know, if you're having issues with, with sleeping when you're off work, you're having digestive issues, and if even if you're more prone to cancer, let's say if you have a long history of cancer, you probably should maybe transition to doing day shift more than night shift because we don't want to do anything that will increase our chance of getting cancer or any kind of disease if that is, if or if that runs in our family. Yeah. Yeah. 
performance, guys. So this is one of the side effects, or we can say problems with this disorder. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that work, you know, flipping or opposite schedules, um, their performance is decreased because you collect this like sleep debt basically over time. And I get that too sometimes where you go to sleep and you're like, okay, well, today's this day I'm off and I want to get up early. And sometimes I'll sacrifice that sleep because I don't want to sleep to 4 p.m. or 3 p.m. And I'll wake up early and I'll get my five hours or something. But over time, like I've noticed that it, it puts a toll on me. It does exactly. affect me. Yeah, especially if you, you know, have three bad shifts in a row and then you're off for like four and then you have another three bad shifts in a row. That's just going to add to your sleep. That's just going to make you more tired. And then we get into like safety issues where if you don't get enough sleep, you know, your decision making is, is, you know, not as sharp as it was on a full night's rest. Or what about like, what's your like performance working the first shift compared to the third? Right. Like, how was your mental clarity? It's a little bit decreased. You notice that fatigue that you have, right? It's like a, it's like a foggy feeling. Yeah, exactly. And then especially, it's very scary if you think about it, just because if people are building up this sleep depth Mm -hmm. and you're tired and it's messing with your mind, it's messing with your performance, you can't think of a solution. Your reaction time is is slowed. Your productivity is slowed. We're working with human beings and that kind of ends up falling back on on the patients. And that leads to safety, right? Where it's, you know, it's tested that having um, the sleep disorder, right? This work shift disorder, you tend to have slower reaction time and it affects your decision-making. And then we go into patient safety, right? I wonder if we could see a study if there's increased med errors between night or day shift. I'm sure night shift might have or might be more prone to um, med errors and things like that. Exactly. And then you throw into usually night shift is having the newer nurses start off on night shift and then physicians, not as much physicians are there. So you have less support, throw one, all that into the mix. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's higher prevalence of falls, but falls could be attributed just to being right. the, the patient and things like that. But I'm sure it could be attributed to like more med errors and more more mistakes just because you don't have that support there. And plus your cognition is already declined just because that sleep that is because you're tired because you have this this uh, shift work disorder going on. Yeah, even like, do you remember when you first started or try to transition to nights, the drive homes? Like sometimes guys, you're driving home and you're literally falling asleep behind the wheel. Like sometimes I had my windows all the way down, had some music on loud and I had to kind of slap myself in the cheek once in a while because damn, I was just falling asleep. Yeah, there's definitely been times where I would be driving and I'd get home. I'd be like, damn, I don't know. I don't remember like the last 10 minutes of my car ride. It was just all autonomous. Exactly, just an autopilot. And there is times where I've been so tired when I first started off that I would just nap an hour in my car before I even, even started driving because because it would just be that bad sometimes. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. But you, like I said, it's easier for some people to transition than, than, than others. And if you're really struggling with night shift, like take the pay cut and just do, do day shift because there's so much... Mm, there's so much other things that could impact you that are more important than money, like your health. Yeah, and especially if you don't, you don't have a good routine to begin with, you're not eating healthy to begin with, like all these things will pile on and will make your quality of life worse. Yeah. Like I know like nurses have to take like a supplement that they're getting prescribed or they need, you know, um, like an iron supplement or something because, you know, you're working nights, not only you're eating good, you know those nurses that just snack on a vitamin machine a vending machine, I should say, like, you can tell the difference of just their appearance and things like that. Yeah, and on, this disorder also can lead to depression. Just the fact you're building up sleep up, you're always, you know, you're very irritable, you're always tired, you, you seem to be less productive. And another another thing about this is working night shift, you're 
doing the opposite of society. So your parents, your friends, your family members, everyone you talk to is there on the nine to five grind. And you rarely see them or, you know, when you're up, they're sleeping. And when, when they're up, you're sleeping. Right? And you just don't have that social aspect. If you don't have a healthy social life and, you know, you're always at home doing nothing, just hanging out, that's going to take a toll on your mind. You're going to kind of go crazy. You're going you're gonna to be more sad because you're like, hey, I have friends, but I, I never see them. Are they actual friends? Like you get you get depressed. You kind of get, right. get boxed in almost. It's like working like those three in a row. And when everybody's awake, you're literally sleeping until three, four o'clock. You go to work and boom, it's seven o'clock. You're at work. You're hustling out your shift. And like, let's just say you have some downtime at 10, 11, 12. People are going to bed and you're scrolling through your news feed or whatever it might be. You're catching up with somebody. They're going to bed already. So you do feel like you're disconnected from like society sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is an actual disorder that you get diagnosed with. So if you feel like you're having issues, you know, coping or issues with, with sleep, having some insomnia, you should definitely see like a doctor and, and talk to somebody about this. Debunked. We're good, guys. So sleep shift disorder, real thing. If you guys are struggling on nights, you guys might want to go today shift, change your job. Your quality of life is going to increase um, significantly. And it's definitely something I've thought about myself. Yeah, quality over the quantity of money. You know, your health comes first. What's the extra few bucks, right, when it comes to your health? Yeah. Probably going to be spending more money on the vitamins in order to maintain what you're already losing. Yeah, or doctor visits, you know. Yeah. So right now, how do nurses work long shifts and eat healthy, guys? This is not a secret. It's not going to be going to vending machines. It's going to be meal prepping. And this episode, we're going to kind of cover how to meal prep, what to do, the food groups, and just how to space out your time and increase your productivity with meal prepping. Yeah, I actually enjoy meal prepping a lot. And it's not just for nurses. It could be for anybody. I know people that are healthy that always meal prep. Yeah. And it's a way to kind of make you eat better, eat clean, and not eat out as much or, or snack as much. Not only that, but you you create a relationship with food and you enjoy what you're making. And personally, I like being in the kitchen. I like making a good meal. It's like a sense of accomplishment. And you know what you're putting in. You know you're not putting all these like artificial ingredients or dehydrated onions or something you're just like what is that you know so there's all these like chemicals that you're avoiding when you're cooking yourself and it's also like batch working i feel like when you batch work things you become very productive with anything let's just say you're working on this podcast thing and you do a specific task you do it all in one sitting and then you could focus on another task and same thing with cooking you're able to batch it, batch it up and have it for two, three days instead of you making that individual meal every single day and you're cleaning the dishes, you're doing all that. So you're going to free up your schedule if you meal prep. Yeah. yeah, it's very true. I feel like part of having a good shift is having a good meal. And there's been times where I had a bad shift, but I know I had a good lunch. and I was just looking forward to, you know, eating, having time to sit down. And it's very important. It's, it's not just, you know, from nutritional value. It's also like a mental thing. Like I said, it just makes you feel better. I feel like meal prepping is probably the best way to eat healthy and stay eating healthy yeah. consistently. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when it is like 2 a.m. and I didn't have time to eat and I'm eating a meal, that broccoli just doesn't taste as good. So I, I like specific food groups when I eat like food at work, for example, like broccoli and like a piece of steak or something. I won't have an issue eating it at like 4 p.m. But when it's like late at night and I'm reheating my food, it doesn't taste the same. Well, see, I don't mind reheating my food. It just depends what you what you what I'm eating. Yeah, like part. broccoli reheated, not my thing, yeah. personally. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't... So, yeah, it just depends on kind of what kind of vegetable. Like, broccoli, like I said, I'm not a fan of reheating just because usually I boil my broccoli and it's kind of, you know, almost kind of mushy. And then reheating, it kind of makes it even more mushier. But, like, like carrots, peppers, I don't really mind reheating. They, I, to me, like, they taste fine. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just got to gotta find what you like and, and work with that. And a lot of people, like, they say they struggle with this and they struggle with eating healthy. They struggle with going to the gym. Well, one of those things that are going to really help you with, like, getting some discipline and getting more confidence at doing different things is meal prepping. Like you're going to have a structure that you'll stick to. And just like, you know, if you do something consistently, that neuroplasticity, it's going to create a habit, right? Yes. So the more you do this, guys, the easier it's going to become and you'll see that you'll enjoy to like it. Yeah. Yeah. So the three main benefits that we found out or that we could say meal prepping does is, first of all, it saves time. It makes it easier to control your food. And it also makes... uh, makes you a good video about portion control. So it saves time, like Matt said, it's batch work. So instead of cooking every every day, you're now cooking maybe, you know, every three days, every, every three four days. days. And you're usually cooking for two or three hours at a time. So instead of cooking like an, like an hour every day, you're basically cooking for that, 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 that day one, or not, sorry, not day one, but the third day or fourth day for that three or four hour period instead of cooking every day for like an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, and because sometimes you know you're like, meal prepping sometimes you just go hard on the paint man like i'll make like two three different dishes sometimes like i'm gonna prepare the blueberries strawberries while i'm doing that i'm gonna make like some salad dishes just to have sometimes i'll have a bowl of salad in the in the fridge and i'll just like take some more or i'm you know make a meal with it add the dressing on the side you're good to go and while i'm doing that you got the potatoes cooking the meat whatever the case might be so it becomes very fun because you're getting fully immersed in this because you know hey it's meal prep time yeah type that, of thing. you're right it's, it's fun especially if you if you like cooking and matt's a, and matt brought up a really good point like you know he cooks one thing and then he cooks another thing at the same time so you're all saving time by, by multitasking like yeah. i use a crock pot so you know i toss my meat and veggies in, in a crock pot and then you know i, I make whatever on, on a pan or i boil, boil some potatoes and the main thing i like about this is a lot of times you know if you don't meal prep you come home and you're tired and you're exhausted and you're like, damn, I don't feel like cooking. So you just make up like a bullshit meal or you toss something in a microwave and you eat it. And you do the same thing the next day and the next day. And you've been eating crappy for three days in a row. Yeah. Compared to if you already meal prepped, you already have your, your three days worth of meals already set up for you. And you're less inclined to grab something unhealthy. Yeah. Or if you're working like in between your 12-hour shifts, like you do not have the want to cook again in between your shift. And that's why a lot of people are prone to eating out, grabbing a quicker meal because... There is no time if you're working two, three shifts, 12 hours, comes up to, let's just say, 14 back to back. And you're more prone to, you know, making bad food choices. So yeah. meal prepping helps you avoid that, kind of helps you kind of stay consistent with, hey, I'm going to eat what I make. Exactly. And you develop a relationship with your food. So you know exactly what you're consuming. It's not like you're ordering out like a burger place. You're not sure if, you know, if the, the beef is 80%. Uh, 80% meat and 20% fat, you you buy the ingredients that, that you cook with and you know, hey, I'm actually eating actual chicken today with, with veggies. You know, you eat a lot healthier because you don't want to actually buy these groceries and actually cooking these, these yourself. Yeah. One disclaimer though, if you guys like like seafood when it comes to like scallops and shrimp, that is the only thing that probably sucks when it comes to meal prepping. So you kind of have to, because I don't think shrimp sitting in the fridge and heated up tastes good. So... When it comes to seafood, guys, I'll make it that day of. But I already have my other stuff already prepped up, and that's that's where my time gets saved. So some stuff I like to just make on the day of, like broccoli. I'll, it's pretty simple. I cut it up, put it in a um, 
not a pan, a um, a bowl or like a bowl. You steam it or I steam it up a little, put some water in there, steam it five minutes, take it out, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. So it's quick, but you want to batch up the things that take a lot of time, like making a quinoa salad or something, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Another thing is a portion control. Like you actually see how much two pounds of chicken is or one cup of rice because when you go to a restaurant, those meals aren't any aren't, aren't proportioned or or aren't like sized in actual portions. You get. A lot of times when you order out, you get a pasta. That's like that's like three or four servings of, of pasta in, in, the, in that one meal. So you kind of see how much food you're actually consuming. Because a lot of times we go out, we underestimate how much calories we, we intake or how much carbs. Because if somebody gives me, gives me one serving of pasta in a restaurant, a serving is an actual serving. It's usually, like, like I said, three or four. Yeah, and, and there are studies that show that you're more inclined to eat less if your plate is smaller. So if you have a smaller plate at home and you're eating on that plate compared to a bigger plate, like studies show that over time, you're actually having a smaller or a less calorie intake if your goal is to lose weight. Yeah, that makes sense. Because somebody gave me like a like a big bowl with a little bit of pasta in there, I'd probably be like, damn, this is not that much pasta. But it's actually once you're drinking pasta. So it's like another marketing thing, I guess, I guess people, people do. It could be, you know. And like, let's just say you do order pasta. You go, you go into the Cheesecake Factory. That pasta is probably like 150 grams of carbs. You're not even realizing it. And... You're intentionally eating it because you don't see the calories. So like you making the food and you're looking at the label and you're like, wow, I'm going to be eating 450 calories of rice. Like I better kind of like take a little bit away or space it out. And that's where that, you know, meal prepping comes in. Yep. That's completely correct. So what do you really need into meal prep? I mean, first of all, you need some Tupperware, Tupperware for sure. Mm -hmm. Some nice Tupperware and some measuring, measuring devices. You better learn how to cook too. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can learn how to cook, but you know, you got YouTube, Google, you can look up a recipe. You can literally type in, you know, chicken with, with carrots and celery, and it'll pop up, like, four different recipes on, on how to make chicken with carrots and, and, and celery. So and I do that, too, sometimes. I'm like, how long to bake a sweet potato for? How long should I cook my shrimp? Yeah, like, and then it's on there, and then you kind of learn. Like, we're not, you know, we're not, we didn't go to culinary art school where you know how to cook everything. Yeah. Sometimes you buy, like, a random, you know, random type of, type of beef they never heard of, like, you know, like, some kind of, loin or tenderloin or something that's it's a beef and you know how to cook it so you just pop it in in the crock pot or somewhere and you google it how to make it in the crock pot or how to make it in a pan and tells you how to cook it i think people don't want that effort that's the problem a lot of people don't want to do the work or of going on google and looking up what this is and right it's the effort part right they don't but the effort you give a lot less effort if you're meal prepping because you only got to give the effort once every three or four days instead of giving it effort every day which takes a toll and so you just don't feel like cooking at all and I would definitely like go on like let's just say Pinterest. There's also another app called Tasty, and start looking up recipes. Look at your like cleaner food choices, and when you start finding the recipes, you learn like how to like batch up your grocery shopping too, and like find out everything you need, and you'll make the food. Right. Yeah. Do your shopping and your cooking on it in the same day. That like four or five hours of that day should just be devoted to you, you know, meal prepping and, and shopping, and that food should last you three to four days. It should, and. It, Personally, my opinion, guys, I like to meal prep maybe up to three days max. I like to switch things up. I feel like if I was eating the same food personally for four days straight, I would get bored of it. So two, three days and three days, the absolute max of something I'll eat like consistently. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And I like to switch up my meat. So if I had, you know, chicken for the first three days, I'm going to make beef for the next week because you just sometimes you get bored of chicken. Sometimes you just get bored of beef. So it's good to switch around like that as well. Mm-hmm. And... I've noticed me eating this anti-inflammatory diet. I had the same issue of not knowing what to eat. I was like, 
I was hungry because of my lack of decision. I'm like, well, what can I eat with this? Or, oh, this is a salmon, but I don't like to eat it with, you know, I'm trying to... Onions. Potato salad or something. And I'm just like, ah. So it's like troubleshooting and figuring out a routine. Uh, a lot of people don't know is um, I felt like cheese and all this dairy stuff is putting a toll on my like digestive system. So I stopped. I cut it down. I'll have an egg maybe like once or twice a week. Cheese, I tried to eliminate it at pizza two days ago. Mm-hmm. But I feel significantly better. Mentally-wise, I'm not sure yet. I should probably get a food test done to see if I'm like lacto- lactose a intolerant. A food test? Oh. Like a food allergy yeah. test. Would I check your blood or a stool one? Probably the blood one because I feel like sometimes if I'm eating something like let's just say I'm eating like dairy – like, I'll have, like, a random allergy attack, and I'm, like, my eyes are itchy and, like, my nose, and I'm just, like, what is this from? Like, I only have usually seasonal allergies in, like, April to, like, June. So there's something up, mm. and I've troubleshooted and think that it might be the dairy dusty issue. That's very possible. I know I got checked for all my allergies when I was, like, eight years old, and I got, like, three pages worth of things that I'm allergic to. But that was when I was eight. So that was what almost like three pages. Yeah, like three pages, literally like three pages of what I'm like sensitive to. Like, but it was like for everything. Like you know, it was like animals and food. So it said I'm like partridges, like dogs and like certain animals and this kind of food. But that was when I was eight, and that was almost that was like what sixteen years ago. And you know, I my parents have a dog, and I have I've never had any allergic reaction to any kind of dogs in my life. So it's probably not wasn't that accurate back then. So I'm sure they have better testing. Yeah, maybe you're just super inflamed. Uh, maybe I have no idea, but literally three pages. I was like, you know, like one of them was, was cows, but you know, I've, you know, I, I went to Poland a bunch of times. I have, I had no way to go into the barn or, or anything like that. It was just, I feel like it was maybe too sensitive. You could say the the, the, the testing, you know, yeah. it's too sensitive. It's obviously going to give you false positives. Yeah. I haven't personally got one, but that's something I'm going to be looking into. Um, so snacks guys, that's another meal prep thing. And I think snacks is more of buying like granola bars and things like that i've tried to steer away from that because of like the carb intake so what kind of snacks do you like eating yeah usually my carbs usually come from like the snacks like i don't eat too much bread uh, but my carbs are usually from that come from my granola bars and i, and I make sure they have, they're high in fiber fiber and high in, high in protein a lot of people say if you want to lose weight cut off, cut off your snacking but there's times where you're at work and you you know you eat your lunch and you f- you don't feel full yet so that's when it's good to have a snack. You just got to snack smart. Obviously, if you're, if you're going to have, you know, your your meal at work and then you're going to go to vending machine and get a, two bags of chips, that's probably not the way. You're better off overpacking for lunch because you're going to always bring it home. You know, you're better off to throw like an extra fruit in there or an extra water bar or something like that because sometimes we just we just don't feel full with, with the food we eat. Even though, you know, we had the same food yesterday and we we're completely fine. But today our calorie expenditure is a little, a little bit higher. So, you know, it doesn't fill me up as much. Yeah, I like doing that. Um Personally, oatmeal with fruits is a really cool snack. I don't like doing the quick instant oat stuff. I like, you know, cooking all my all whole oats with like almond milk. I'll put in blueberries or strawberries, add almonds. Um, I bought some hemp seeds in Trader Joe's. That's really cool. And I'll do some blue agave. Mm-hmm. And I'll heat that up at work as a, let's just say, as my treat. That's my dessert. Yeah. And it tastes awesome, sweet, and I kind of curb that sweet tooth. And I kind of continue my night. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, a lot of times people... When they start eating healthy, they start to bring down down their portions or they're not sure what to eat. So this is a good way of, you know, still staying full by, by snacking. Like Matt said, he likes to do the oatmeal. I like, what I like to do is I like to make Greek yogurt with some peanut butter and like mix it up to like almost like a kind of like a, 
like a like a paste, and I just put like fruits in there, and I just eat it like that with some um, not oats but granola on top, and that tastes tastes pretty good. Never change, so like peanut butter. Yeah, peanut butter is my thing, man. Actually, I've been doing a lot of almond butter, almond butter lately too. I'm not gonna lie, I've been throwing some Nutella in there too. I'm not gonna lie. Almond butter. Yeah, it's actually it actually tastes almost better than peanut butter. I'm gonna say certain days I'm craving some almond butter. Almond with the Nutella. It's a better taste, you're saying? No, 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 just almond butter by itself. Okay. But I'll, I've been cheating lately because there were, Nutella was on sale at Shop and Save. The, it was $5 for the big jar, and, you know, I, I'm not going to say no to a good deal, you know what I'm saying? So what I've been doing is I've been cheating. You know, I've been doing a little bit of Greek yogurt with peanut butter with a little bit of Nutella, too. Okay. You know, it tastes good. I've been a little bit more will-powered po- will here, but... it's Hey, next time there's a sale on Nutella, I'm going to buy you a jar, too. We'll see how, how quickly it goes here. Mm-hmm. Well, what else can we say about meal prepping? Um, I like, I would definitely also look into the containers. That's mm-hmm. another thing. If you want to be a little bit crazy about things, make sure your containers are like BPA free. Mm-hmm. And microwave safe and all that. Microwave safe, yeah. Because a lot of people that are reheating their items, they're not realizing that this plastic is um, dripping into the food technically or leaking or evaporating. I don't know how BPA gets transferred. But you're eating this these microplastics, and you want to avoid that. So that's one thing I'd consider as well. Yeah. And, I mean, there's all kinds of Tupperware you could buy. You could buy ones already have, like, pre-measured slots where it'll be, you know, if you fill this up to this level, it's one a cup and, and, and things like that. But, I mean, I don't go crazy like that. I just, you know, throw my meat in one container and then throw my rice or potatoes in another container. I just kind of spoon it out as, as I go. Yeah, and it depends what your goal is. Like, you could take my fitness pal and you could weigh out your meat, and you can – make a very, very structure where you're no, you know exactly how much calories you're eating per day. But I start feeling like a number muncher, man. Like it's just way too robotic for me. So I'll just, I'll meal prep and I kind of know my body already. So I just, I don't really portion up with like calorie counting. I just kind of know what I eat and I just kind of weigh myself every two, three days and I kind of just base it off that. Yeah, yeah. I feel if if you're counting macros, meal prepping is probably the, the best way to have a good accurate count on your macros. Because I know when I cook, my girlfriend does, she counts her macros. So I when I you know meal prep, I measure everything out and I you know run a post it like, hey, this is this is what it is, and it kind of gives me a good good visual too of about what I'm eating. And it's pretty fun. I mean, I personally like cooking. I I always like cooking, and I. I mean, I've been meal prepping for a while. Back when I was on a keto diet, I used to meal prep all the time. So I could probably eyeball, you know, a cup of this or, or a few pounds of that. And you, you kind of, you know, you, you kind of learn as, as you cook and you get better at it. And sometimes you need to measure anything out because, you know, you could already eyeball things. Yeah. And maybe maybe you're the one that's struggling with, like, let's just say losing calories and things like that. Maybe meal prep is something that you should do because you don't want to switch up your diet. You don't want to switch up your routine. You don't want to go on keto. Well, maybe try, you know, meal prepping and counting your calories a little bit and see if that helps. Because usually portion control is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, meal prepping is an awesome thing. I think we should wrap this one up. Wrap it up. It's a little bit quicker one, guys. People are like, oh, my God, it's not a 45-minute show. That's what I'm saying. Quick, nice 30 minutes, guys. Give you guys the info. It's your business. If you guys prefer shorter podcasts, let us know. But we like the long form. We like to talk a little bit. Maybe your commute is 45 minutes, so... We're trying to get in that time frame. Well, if it could be 45 minutes, guess what? You can listen to 15 minutes of another podcast. Exactly. All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening. This episode is about meal prepping, why you should do it. It saves time, keeps your keeps you nice and slim. You have portion control and also the work shift disorder, guys. Um, if you are struggling on night shift, you should consider maybe going to days for quality of life and 
resetting your circadian rhythm. Yeah, or just try day shift for like a month or two. I'm sure your you know your job will let you, and see how it feels. You okay. know with that. What's the show sponsored by today? I have no idea. Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks, <laughs> the best cereal in town. <laughs> Joking, guys. Take care. Have a great weekend. Okay. Yep, take it easy, guys.